Hello and welcome. It's episode 127. Um, you can follow us at Life and Red Podcast on all social media and Life and Red Pod on Twitter, lifeandredpodcast.com. Uh, and a reminder, December 9th, uh, which is this episode comes out, is coming up next week. Uh, I'm doing a mental health talk with Impact Hub Ottawa as well as uh, Next Gen Eastern Ontario, where we're going to be talking about mental health, why it's important to chat about it and to discuss it, um, and also how you can support not only other people who might be going through a challenging time with mental health, uh, but also how you can support yourself. So looking forward to that talk. Um, link is in all my bios, uh, Life and Red podcast and Big Red Ryan 01. Now, my guest today, and I'm super fortunate that uh, my small, but growing, uh, little podcast is able to connect with people all across the world and um, more recently, Hollywood, uh, actors, producers, executives, and people who create the films that we love to watch. And that's where my guest comes from today. And they have a new movie out. It's called Night Night. Um, you can rent it uh, on YouTube, uh, iTunes, Amazon. Um, you can check it out everywhere. And it's from a studio company called K-Factor Films, which is just newly created this year. Um, and we chat about that. I think it's super interesting because it's focusing on people who get overlooked in certain uh, – in a lot of movies. You know, we we have the the Brad Pitts and we have – the the big names that go into every movie and there's so many people whether it's actors or behind the scenes producers uh showrunner like just all these people behind the uh the scenes that deserve an opportunity and uh, we chat about that we chat about the movie night night and what it went into it we talk a little bit about her career the art of filmmaking and uh, maybe like the future of it where they see it going um she is uh, an actress. You can see her in films like uh, a brief role in The Greatest Showman. Um, she's a creative executive at K-Factor Films. Uh, she's a producer of this film, Night Night. Please give it up for my guest, Samantha Bonio. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. So pleased to be joined uh, by my guest today, Samantha. And no, I, I should have done this before I turn on the microphone, but here we go. How do I pronounce your last name properly so I don't make myself look like an idiot? Don't worry about it. This is a question I think I get maybe every day. It's Banyan, Samantha Banyan. Samantha yes. Banyan. Well, pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. Um, I know in your bio, you are from the greatest show. You were in the greatest showman with the piece. And we're going to talk about that because that is one of my favorite soundtracks and movies of all time. Um, me as well. <laughs> literally so good. But I, I wanted to ask, you know, I've talked to, I've been getting more up to date with how the entertainment, entertainment industry works, but I've only really spoken with people from Canada about it. So you're one of my first kind of like entertainment professionals from America and Hollywood. Oh. And LA, so it's very exciting. Oh, um, yay. How has the last, you know, 
18 months, two years been for you? Because I, I know in Canada, we've been through lockdowns and stuff, but in the States, it's been mm-hmm. a little bit different. So how, you've, how have you been doing? How has everything been going? It's, it's been, you know, good as anyone can say it's been going during this time. <laughs> a lot of craziness ensued. Um, I, funny enough, during the past 18 months is when I joined this production company, K-Factor Films, with uh, Nikki Cost was our founder. And right before lockdown, we finished shooting a movie that just came out. So surprisingly, I had a lot of good things come out of this time. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I very much tried to uh, take everything and see the positive side of it. So I'm like, okay, we're locked down. We, I went home for two months. It was great to spend time with family for a little while and then kind of got back into it. But yeah, everything um, in LA and everywhere else, I guess New York too, shut down for, I think maybe until the end of 2020, a few productions started back up again. And yeah, so it's been crazy. We, we were lucky enough, the movie we shot wrapped two weeks before everything locked down oh, in the wow. U.S. <laughs> yes, very lucky. So we were able to, you know, do all the post-production editing, all that during the past 18 months. So yeah, it's been, it's been a whirlwind. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you mentioned that you started with this new production uh, company uh, and you had the new film out, which you finished, which is great, Night Night, which we're definitely going to talk about here in a second. But talk to me a little bit about this new, this new production company, K-Factor Films. What is your goal and what is, you know, the mission kind of with, with this new production company and why was it so exciting for you to join? Yeah. So Nikki Koss, who is an actress and director, she directed the movie Night Night, her first feature directorial debut. She has been in the industry for quite a while, grew up in LA and she, I actually started out as her assistant. So I was her assistant for a few years just because she needed help with like, you know, random everyday life stuff when she was on a TV show a few years back. And I just started producing some of the short films she was directing. And um, we met through an acting class initially. So she knew I wanted to act and get into all of that. And producing just kind of fell naturally into my lap. It's just what, what it all entails is just, I guess my natural ability and it was never something I set out to do came out here for acting specifically which I'm still doing and pursuing but producing is so much fun and it's uh, been a new thing but anyways K-Factor Films she we were together in her childhood bedroom and she's like so I think it's time I'm gonna start my own production company like it was just everything was lining up for it and it just made sense for uh, her to do that and she's like yeah and like uh, you'll be a creative executive at the company with me and then she's like well if if you want to you know like she just said it so casually and I was like of course I want to like thank you for involving me in this and then our two other partners Ryan Delaney and Becky Williams uh, we all worked on night night together so it just came together and our mission is to create amazing projects whether that be features shorts music video that involve a lot of people that are typically overlooked 
in the film industry, whether that be women in general or just other people who may not have the same chance as a lot of people in the past have. So we try really hard to meet new people and give everyone a chance to show their true talent because I feel like there's so many people here and in Canada and everywhere where they just don't get a chance and they're just so talented. So we have so much fun. Like we had a premiere for the movie in St. Louis Mm -hmm. and we're meeting all of these young filmmakers and videographers and we just kind of take them under our wing and we really catalog the people we meet and we're all about personality. And if, uh, if you're kind and you're good at what you do, we, we try to involve you in any way we can. That's, that's amazing. That's a great mission. Um, as an, I mean, I'm obviously not involved in, in this industry. And when I look back at, you know, the last, I guess it's been, you know, six years, five years since the kind of the height of the Me Too movement. And we've pushed that forward, you know, on the outside, it would seem there's been a lot of talk around involving women and having, you know, black voices play black roles and, and, you know, all those conversations on the outside, on the inside, you know, with, with what you're doing, is it still kind of an anomaly where you have like a, a, a women-led production company, like led by women on the mostly on the executive team, is that still like? Is it happening more? Are we seeing that in the industry, or is it kind of been like a little slower than maybe you would have liked? I think it's definitely been slow, but we are lucky to come at a time when it is changing because it it is, and especially in the past few years when so many new things have come to light. And there's so many amazing projects now and people are actually giving women specifically a, a real chance to get in the room. We still have a lot of work to do because you can still go on so many sets and it's kind of the same um, male led, which there's nothing wrong with that. There's many amazing projects with those people. But yeah, I think it's slowly changing a little slower than we would hope, but it's been fun to, um, when, when we started this, I wasn't necessarily thinking like, oh, wow, there's three women in the company and one man. And with Night Night, we had, I believe it was 60 to 70% women crew, which mm. is also pretty unheard of. Um, and so, yeah, we're just trying to bring women in, especially in the roles that women aren't typically like with uh, being a gaffer or a a DP or just any of the crew roles that are typically male, but we, you know, we're not going to turn anyone away just because like, Oh, you're male and we want a female. We, we try to get the best person for the job, but we don't turn anyone away because of gender, which I, I think it's changing. It's just, I think, I think there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, the the conversation is there, which is amazing, but to actually like implement it and uh, make that just like kind of like a normal part of everything, whether it's entertainment, whether it's just the general workforce. Yeah, um, yeah. We're all becoming more mindful of it, but it's still, there's still a lot to go with, with all that. Um, I want to talk about Night Night. Now you are the executive producer. And I know this might seem like a silly question, but I don't know exactly what an executive producer 
does. And you said that really kind of fell into your lap as something that kind of happened naturally for you with your skill set. So what, when, when you say you're the executive producer of this film, what does that kind of entail? Yeah. So, well, first of all, um, I'm actually an associate producer on it. Okay. Our executive producer is uh, Amber McNutt and she was great. Um, yeah. There's, there's so many producer roles. It does get kind of muddled. Executive producers are, are usually the um, investors in the films okay. and are, can be very involved in it or kind of take a step back. Um, I was an associate producer on it. This was my first feature film to produce. Um, and Nikki and Ryan were producers on it that are also in the company now. And then Becky, who is also in K-Factor, was an associate producer with me. Um, yeah, so we producers kind of run the show. <laughs> As I like to say, we're very involved from the beginning stages of acquiring the script to it coming out now. So with a typical film, we as producers are the ones, especially with the production company, we are the ones that find the project we want to create. And then we, um, you know, you can, there's so many different routes. It's crazy how different each project can be. You can get investors or, you know, if you sell it to Netflix or something along those lines, and then from there, you know, you cast it and then shoot the movie and then all of the post-production stuff until it comes out. Um, so you're kind of involved in every step of the way, which is really fun because it's kind of like your little your little baby. You you saw it as a script and then comes out and hopefully it does well, you know? Right. So my apologies, associate producer. Oh, no so problem. when this this project specifically came out, what was so enticing about it that we're like, we this is the movie we want to make? So it is a psychological thriller and it is the main lead is a woman played, played by Brenna D'Amico, who's amazing. And she was in a bunch of these uh, Disney Descendants movies. So this was her first adult role. And it really drew us in because it was one Nikki directed it, so it was directed by a female. It's a fun kind of psychological jump scare, what's going on in this world thing, but also led by a woman. So it was just really fun to um, do something a little different because I feel like there's not a lot of psychological thrillers that have that woman-led element with also Nikki's amazing aesthetic and vision. It just came together really cool. What uh, so you just did the premiere, and I know it's uh, it's out on a few places. You can rent it on Amazon Prime, iTunes. Uh, it's playing in some select theaters uh, in the in the United States. Um, what has reception been like so far? Well, how was the the premiere? It was so much fun. We uh, premiered in L.A. and then uh, I was just in St. Louis. One of our producers is from there, and he did a big hometown screening, and it's playing in those theaters for a week, I believe, until next weekend. It has been so much fun because as producers, you're kind of just on your computer, doing calls, doing Zooms for who knows how long, months on end, a year, getting everything ready and leading up to it. And then actually being able to enjoy seeing it on the big screen or, you know, if you rent it, which is super cool 
and seeing people respond to it has been so much fun because when you're so involved in something, you're like, I hope people enjoy it as much as we did. And it's been really fun because a lot of people have had interesting theories about the end. I won't really give anything Mm -hmm. away, but we've had a lot of different people be like, okay, so I have a question about this. And uh, was this that, or that was really interesting. And that has been the most fun thing for me, at least, because I'm like, oh yeah, it's kind of up for interpretation and uh, Mm -hmm. who knows, you know, sort of thing. So it's been really great. We've been really happy with how people have been responding to it. Yeah, that's one of the, um, when you get movies like that, where you kind of either leave it on a cliff or you leave it up for interpretation, you know, that's where the conspiracy theories come out. That's what gets people motivated to talk about it because someone will have a theory and then people will start arguing about it. It's like, no, 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 this meant this. Um, I was watching an interview with, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but that's how we got connected actually with uh, Peter, who has the Popternative podcast. Yeah. And he was talking, um, he was mentioning that it was, there's a lot of twists. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we're talking about psychological thriller, like that's kind of what this is playing on, like really making the the brain think about things in in different ways. Definitely. Because the whole time you're, you're suspicious and you're like, okay, this person is uh, doing these things. Why are they doing those things? And then something else happens. You're like, wait a minute. Okay, what's going on here? Is it in, are these things happening? Is it in her head? Is it this? Is it that? And I find those movies really fun. Um, I'm, I'm really good at like predicting mm. outcomes of shows and like, oh, that person is going to do this. And all my friends get mad at me because they're like, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that. And like, oh, now you ruined it. Or, it's just how my brain works. So I love those shows and movies that really you're like, I think I might know what happened, but then something else completely changes. You're like, okay, that keeps me very interested. Yeah. Especially when you get into horror, right? You get into, I mean, different genres, but that it somewhat comes predictable. So when you get these, mm-hmm. these thrillers that you think you might know what happens and you're like, going to predict that and then you're wrong and then this other thing happens that it really keeps yeah. you engaged and like moving forward with the plot yeah it's been really fun and I think that's what makes it exciting like I was not expecting all these people to come up to us after and be asking questions and because you know there's so many great movies and sometimes you watch it and you're like that was good and then you leave it out the door Mm-hmm. But it's been fun having people actually want to come up to you and ask, okay, why did this happen? Like, I really want to know, or this is my thought on it. So it's been really fun. You've had a, another couple of projects. I mean, I mentioned The Greatest Showman, um, mm-hmm. but I, I did want to touch on the one uh, that you won an award on that you produced as well. Um, I have it open in all my my files here as I was learning all about you before our chat. <laughs> um, but then and now um, yeah. that, that you won, what was that project like? And I mean, winning an international film award at a festival must have been a huge honor for you. Yeah, it was, it was so much fun. Then and now was the first um, short that Nikki Koss directed as well, who directed Night Night. And um, 
yeah, me producing it as well. It was so much fun. And I just love period pieces. And that one, it kind of switches back and forth then and now um, <laughs> between the 1950s and then like our time now in the 2000. Well, I guess we're in the 2020s now, as I say the 2010s, because this was 2019, I believe. Um, and it was just a really fun little short film. It's just joyful to watch and it just looks great. And all the old costumes are new. It's a fun play on how times used to be with dating versus how they are now. Um, oh so, God. yeah, it was really fun with the festivals. And with stuff like that, we always intend to submit to film festivals, but you never know like what that year people are looking for or how people respond to certain projects. So when we got that and uh, that that one was the Madrid one, I believe. And then we also, I went to the, we went to the Burbank Film Festival and won Best Short Film by Women, which was like crazy. It was so much fun. And yeah, it was just, it, it's cool talking about it now. Cause when we were making it, we're like, this is just going to be a fun thing to shoot. Mm. It's um, what I, what I love, like having this podcast is open this world to, you know, chatting like people like yourself and other people now in the entertainment industry. And for so long, not knowing much, it was always like Hollywood, right? Like that's all we see. That's where the marketing money is. But then, you know, learning about you like um, internet shows or these, these short pieces, there's so much fantastic art and filmmaking and, you know, all these other elements that are being done that like, it's, it's, I, you don't get the same fanfare and like the general population doesn't always kind of find it, but there's just so much great work being done, especially with like social media and the internet. Like yeah. it must be just, do you see that being just such a, a huge drive? Like it already probably is, but as we move forward, everyone's even streaming even more everyone's on their phones. We're getting iPhones that are better than computers. Like, do you really see like a huge future for this type of filmmaking and, and, you know, this type of art? I do believe so, especially with, I think with TikTok and how I love TikTok and I I watch it way too much, but (laughs) it has shortened my attention span so much and I can tell. So I think those short form sort of things are becoming more popular, at least in the time right now. Um, It's just a great way to let artists be very artistic because it's usually a small budget or like even people make these shorts, like they'll get their friends and then like a little bit of money here and there to like, oh, can you edit this for me? And it's just a great way, especially if you're starting out too, to just make what you want to see in the world and uh you know not necessarily copy other people because you think that's what they want in the industry so I think it's really fun and yeah it's crazy there's all these shorts and all these very talented people on all sides of the cast and crew that um it, it you know these shorts may not get seen by the general public but that's what is great about the festivals is it's a little recognition for we see what you did and what you made and we appreciate what you're doing. So mm. one day, hopefully soon, maybe people will be more attuned to those sort of short form platforms, but we'll see. 
Well, you brought up a great point about TikTok and I'm with you. I spend way too much time on TikTok. <laughs> it is incredibly addicting and fun. Um, yeah. But like, it also made me think as you brought that up, like, I, I mean, you made the joke about dating then and now. Uh, I don't know if you're in that scene, but like even Tinder now has like storytelling in dating and it's like oh is it the voice note thing is no that that's yeah that's hinge but like so tinder, oh right right tinder has um this thing it's like they have like swipe nights and you basically like there's like a story and you kind of get to like choose what choice you make and that is based you it like goes into your profile and it like will match you with people who kind of made this oh my goodness things. And, I but it's like a, that. yeah amazing. it's like totally like a story like you're following yeah. these actors like there was one I did long ago it was about like um the end of the world and you had anyway it's just <laughs> you're right about these short form and all these digital platforms now that you're even able to have you know people who are maybe writers or or things like that work on totally unique projects on like these yeah snapchat tinder tiktok mm-hmm. like there's so many interesting possibilities. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just going to keep growing and growing and I don't know what it's going to turn into, but you know, with every one making their own original content now, it's it's almost overwhelming <laughs> how much content there is. So yeah, that is, it is crazy. Yeah. Snapchat has their little, I don't know if they're still doing them, but I know for a while they had their little like, five minute episode things and stuff like that but yeah that's crazy I love the tinder story that's that's fun that's almost like worse because they're playing into that like romanticized uh, <laughs> thing but that's so fun as as an actress um you mentioned about tiktok do you find that like do you have whether it's external or internal pressure but to also kind of make sort of like a, a digital footprint like that, like as like a content creator to either market yourself or market K factor. Like, is there a lot of pressure at, on like a, an actress and a producer for that type of stuff? That's a great question. I, I don't have a huge following, so I don't feel a lot of pressure. I do. Sometimes I won't post for a while on, you know, the main grid as they say, and I'll be like, okay, maybe I should. Cause you know, especially with like movies coming out and like more things happening. I'm like, okay, maybe I should like give a little more insight into that. But no, I really don't feel a lot of pressure. And that could be me with, you know, mm. how I maybe have 600 followers versus some of my friends who have a million. I'm sure it's very different to uh, feel like you need to put out that I don't know if they put out a persona or if they just don't what that is. So I'm lucky at least right now we'll see in the future, but with our company, we just, our Instagram is really fun. And with the movie, we have a move, an Instagram for night night. And we just try try to create um, an aesthetically pleasing looking uh, grid, I guess you could say, but our, our whole a big part of our vibe as a company is the visual. So with the, all the movies we put out and in the content we do put out, we do want it to look really nice and good and like our brand. So I guess in a way that is a little bit of pressure to make sure that fits on brand for what we are. But 
between the four of us, I feel like we have it down pretty good right now, at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at like aesthetics, is it sort of, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a very good person of what the terms are, but is there like, you're looking at like, I remember um, talking with someone who was on Ozark and like the, the filmography, it's just very dark, right? Like everything's kind of blue yeah. tone, dark. And so you really feel the the show and like, it really kind of plays in your mind this way. Is it like, it's not saying like you're going for darkness, but it's like, that's the types of things you're thinking about. Okay. So we have this film, we have this story. How are we also going to use our, our knowledge to sort of, really catch it like I don't know if it's subconscious you know what I mean though like you're really kind of like thinking that deeply about how you want it shot yeah um yes and that is all especially with Night Night that is on Nikki because she directed it and usually it's the director's vision um so whoever we go with to direct our future movies whether that be Nikki again or someone completely different where uh that we love we all sort of have a similar vision, but then each director is so different in their style. But especially with this movie, it's it's just so beautiful. We have very unique, like how she uses the colors. Like we have mm-hmm. this great shot of this pink warehouse that was already there. And then this pink truck and then the guy sitting on top of it. And then one of the um, rooms in our, our lead's house is, all blue like blue tile and blue everything so Nikki really played up on each room kind of having its own theme but it looks very cool and natural and there's just something about those sort of looks that kind of adds almost another character in the movie where you're like wow that just looks so cool and we even had someone another one of the theory things someone came up and was like okay there was so much pink in this one like scene and then it came back into play later what does that mean is it a symbol for something like in the sixth sense or something where they had um I, I I don't really remember maybe it was red or pink or something they had and um I was like that's more of a question for Nikki because there could be an answer to that of why she chose to use uh this specific color here and there but it all just it looks amazing. I'm very happy and impressed with how it all came together. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned Greatest Showman. And like I said, one of my favorite movies, the yeah. soundtrack literally got me through so much last summer. Um, and I, I don't, I don't say it mildly, but it really did. It changed my life in a lot of ways that, which we won't get into, but um, you show up in the, I believe it's the million dreams, uh, yeah. I, what was that experience like? Cause that was, uh, like was musicals ever something you ever thought about? So it's so funny because I am a huge music lover. I listen to music all the time. Can't do anything without music. <laughs> I can't just have like silence, you know, I need good music playing and I'm all over the place with the genres. And even if I wasn't involved in this movie at all, which I, it was very slim how I was involved, the soundtrack, like you said, is so amazing. I just watched the movie again, I think two weeks ago with my mom. So I was like, it's been a while and I really like want it. I need this, you know? 
um yeah so yes the soundtrack is just amazing and like makes me tear up and then also at the same time i'm like i want to you know work out and rule the world oh yeah um yeah so it was so much fun i was there i believe for a week and it was out of time it was a few years back and i was just doing some um i was doing a lot of like random background work because i was still in the phase of getting into acting and i just wanted to be on every step possible so when this one came up it was so much fun because um like i said i love music but i cannot sing for the life (laughs) of me or play any instrument so i never thought i would be in a musical unless it was something like she's the girl that's not good at singing i would gladly do that part (laughs) um so it was so much fun and then it with the the clothes were amazing the period piece like i said earlier i just loved uh, playing in different um periods because they have it just makes you feel like you're in that character Mm. more where they do your hair and you have the whole outfit and everything but yeah it was so much fun and uh we were just there and the director came up to me and he's like hey can you like be our girl who does this and uh, whatever went ensued and I was like of course I'm your girl like I'm in Um, so it was so much fun and it was one of those that just randomly fell in my lap and I somehow ended up in a musical (laughs) (laughs) Uh, aside from like being in it what what would you say your favorite musical is like I mean I've never gotten to go to Broadway have you had had a chance to like go actually like catch shows and everything there I, in the past few years, have gotten so much into Broadway. I, for a while, worked at the Pantages Theater in Los Angeles, which is the touring Broadway here. So I got to see maybe 20 different shows in my year and a half, two years of working there. And it was so much fun. I saw so many shows. My favorite movie musical from as a kid was Sound of Music, Mm. because I would watch that all the time with my family and just. I love Julie Andrews so much. She's amazing. Um, Yes, that was my favorite movie musical. I just saw Hamilton for the first time about a month ago, and that was great. Uh, As everyone says it is. Yeah, I saw so many, and I'm I'm hoping to see more. Book of Mormon was really fun. It's very vulgar, Mm. but it's Mm. a fun one if you're into that sort of um, thing. But yeah, any of the classics. It's just, I... I really thrive on seeing other people do what they're best at. So any sort of live music I love and as well as theater and Broadway, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. We're just on kind of the start of getting concerts back in Canada Mm. Um, and seeing my first live show again in whatever it was, 16, 18 months. Like it was like such a surreal feeling because you just, you miss it like so much and you don't really never never thought about it until it was gone. And then all of a sudden it was just, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on both of those things, musicals, music, concerts, that energy, mm-hmm. uh, seeing a live performance, whether, you know, people acting and, and it's just, it is, it's such like an energizing. It really is. I, I always say it gives me life because yeah. I feel, I feel like I feed off the energy of everyone just being excited to be there. And they just started doing concerts again in LA at least. I maybe I, I went to a few in October and that was the first ones I'd gone to since 
end of 2019. So that was crazy to go back. Yeah. It was so much fun. Now I want to go to everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just put all the tickets. It's fine. Um, what, what's, what's kind of next? What's on the agenda? You, you just released night, night, um, other projects, I, you know, you, you're producing, are you acting? What, what can we maybe expect for you coming up here in the next little bit? Yeah. So we, uh, this summer we filmed a short film for the production company. It's called murder mystery. So it's Ooh. about this. Yeah. It's, it's about a murder mystery party. Um, but it's a short film, so that'll hopefully be coming out um, early next year. We'll see. Um, yeah, that one was fun because we have the authentic 1920s kind of flapper dress costumes. And our, our director, Philip Clark Davis, who has directed a few future films, he was just amazing. And we're so excited for that to come together. We have a few other features where acquiring right now which mm. will be very fun can't say too much about them right now but hopefully down the pipeline soon we'll be shooting some stuff and we'll have so much more content for everyone to consume yeah uh you because you just farmed this year right like 2021 so i guess less than a year and you've already started moving on all these things that must be so so exciting yes it's so much fun it's crazy how quickly it moved because we formed in I believe the end of March and it's just uh, been go 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 ever since and I'm not complaining it's yeah. just a it's a fun time oh this was amazing thank you so much um social media website if people want to like keep up with you find that TikTok that you're you're doing <laughs> yeah. uh, where, can, where can people check you out yeah thank you this was so much fun I I personally am at Sam Banyan, and I will spell that because no one can say my last name. It's S A M B A U G N O N. And then our K Factor Instagram is just at K Factor Film, Night Night Movie, also on Instagram. And then our website is kfactorfilms.com. You can check out Night Night Movie at nightnightmovie.com. So that is streaming everywhere now. And People can rent it, buy it, rewatch it over and over again, come up with their own theories. So mm. I'm excited for more and more people to see it because it came out on Tuesday. So yeah, brand it's been a little less know. than a week. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations on the release. Amazing. Congratulations on all the success so far. I look forward to checking out the movie and uh, yeah, seeing what comes next. It seems like a very exciting uh, time to be Samantha. So um <laughs> All the best to you for sure. Yeah, thank you so much. This was so much fun. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit.